Amen. So listen, we are going to continue in our foundation series. This is week number three. Our first week, we had discussed how Jesus is our good shepherd, our cornerstone, the one that our lives are built upon. Last week, we talked about the importance of the word in our lives and how we need to have a hunger for the word the same way that we hunger for physical food. And today, what I want to talk about is the importance of prayer in our everyday lives. How many believe that we need to pray every day? Amen. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we give you this time that we have together. God, I pray that you would speak to each and every person that's in this room, each and every person who has joined us online. God, I pray that we would just hear straight from the word of God, that you would speak through me, that not one word that leaves my mouth would be mine, but God, everything would be ordained by you. We love you. We give you this time that we have together in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. I love what it says about in every situation. Can we just be real and can we be honest? There are times in our lives where we try everything that we can do and then we go, well, I should probably pray about this now, right? I've been there. I've done everything else. I guess all that's left is prayer. How silly does that sound when we kind of step back and go, oh, wait a minute. That should have been the first thing that I did. But there's times in our lives where we're like, ah, I don't want to bother God with that one, right? He's got a lot of things going. There's a lot of people in this world. It's a really crazy world. I got this. I'll cover this. But we're reminded in every situation, in every situation. What I want to talk about this morning, and I know this is going to seem very elementary. It really isn't. It's a reminder for some in this room, but for others, you really need to hear this this morning. The, the, the question that I really want to answer is what does prayer really accomplish? What does prayer accomplish? Why do we do it? I feel like prayer in our culture has taken on a whole new meaning. As Christians, again, there are times where it's a last resort. I've tried everything else. I guess all that's left is to trust God with it. Sometimes we use it like a Hail Mary, and when I say Hail Mary, I don't mean the Catholic Hail Mary, I mean like the football Hail Mary, where we're like, nothing else is left, I guess we'll just lob something up there and see what happens. Let's be honest, there's probably been a time or two in your life, I'm going to be honest, it's happened to me, where I say, God, if you do this for me, I will never miss church again, right? If you do this for me, if you just let my team, if you let the Lions make it to the playoffs and win a game, I will never miss church and I will tithe 11%. Right? We've all kind of thrown those like, Hail Mary, wish on a star. God, if you really do exist, if you really are there, if you really are listening to me and hearing my prayers, there any way You can find time in your busy schedule to do this. Prayer is very intimidating to some. 
And it really shouldn't be. And it's intimidating to some because of what religion can make it. Right? When Jesus was teaching the disciples how to pray, he got very real. And he did things differently. He would get frustrated with the Pharisees and the Sadducees who would go on the street corners and make these big, crazy prayers. I'm sure we've all been in circles before, in services, whatever, where someone is praying and they're using words that you're like, I don't even know what that means. They must be really holy. They're throwing some these and thous in there, right? This is some wild, crazy stuff. I, I don't know how to pray like that. So you know what? I'll leave it to the people, you know, that are, that are good at it. Being a pastor, that's happened before where someone will make a comment about like, oh, you should really be the one in this situation praying. That's crazy talk. Your father in heaven wants to hear from you. He wants to hear what is on your heart. He wants to hear what is going on in your life. And not just every once in a while. Not just when your favorite sports team needs a win. Not just when the bank account is getting low and you're praying that everything clears. He wants to hear from you daily, continually, in every season, in every situation. I hope to really put you at ease here and let you know that prayer is just a conversation between you, you and your Savior, between you and your Maker. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't be reverent and take it seriously. I, I absolutely am. But I'm so thankful for the Word of God. I'm so thankful for the examples that, that we're given. And God is called our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father for a reason. Really quick, before we get into that, if you're taking notes, write this down. What happens when we pray? What happens when we pray? If prayer is so important, why is it so important? And what is actually happening when we pray? The rest of this sermon, I just want to go through a few things that happen when we pray. And the first thing is this, prayer builds intimacy. Prayer builds intimacy. Now guys, don't get scared off by that word. We're not going to turn on a Hallmark movie and everyone's going to be crying by the end. Don't worry. As guys, we get really uncomfortable with the word intimacy, right? We're like, yeah, I don't really like that word. All right, we'll use closeness then. How does that sound? Prayer's there so that we can become close to our Heavenly Father. I think about my relationship with my wife. Imagine I met my wife. Hey, I'm Ben. Nice to meet you. Say a few corny pickup lines and then walk away and, and that's that. Or date a little bit, say a few things, get married, and then don't communicate with my wife. How well is that going to go? Not well at all. How close are we actually going to be? Not close at all. Communication is key. I can tell you everything about my wife. I know what she's going to say or think or do because I've talked to her. I've heard so much. In every situation, I go, I know, I know where we're going with this. Very seldom is there a curveball, generally, 
I'm like, yep, I know where we're going with this. I know what she's going to say. I know what she wants. She wants the most expensive thing on the menu. That's what she wants. Or, you know, I'm joking, I'm joking. I'm serious, but I'm joking. But um, anyway, sorry. One of these days she's going to preach, and she's going to come up here and air all my dirt. What's that? It'll be my turn. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, my wife and I, just a, a quick funny story. This wasn't even in my notes, but I'm going to tell you. So my amazing mother-in-law works for AT&T, and now she's higher up in the business. But when we were dating and we were in college, or when I was in college, um, she was working at a store, and she got us some great deals on these phones. And we're going back to when nights and weekend minutes were a thing. You guys remember nights and weekends? Free nights and weekends? So Amber was still in Michigan. I went down to Springfield, Missouri to Central Bible College. And the plan was, was for her and I to talk every day from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Wasn't my idea, but I loved every second of it. Well, one thing that we found out the hard way, um, I remember we were on the phone the one time, and my mother-in-law walks in, and she goes, I need to speak to you both. Uh-oh. We're in trouble. And she said, I'm holding a $600 phone bill for the cell phones. And we went, why? What happened? And generally, I'm a very, like, I'm a rule follower. I like to know the rules. I want to stay within the rules, like, most of the time. So I'm going, how did we mess this up? How was that bill so high? One thing we didn't know is free nights and weekends started at 9 p.m., if you call at 8.58, that entire conversation was not free nights and weekends. So we went way over. And you know when it really hit us? When she pointed out, this is two plane tickets worth where you guys could have flown back and forth and seen each other while you're doing this long distance dating thing. I bring all that up to say, we've talked a lot. I really know my wife well. I should know my creator better. I should know my savior better. What I was starting to get into before was I love how the Bible calls, God refers to himself as our heavenly father. I love my kids more than life itself. I want my kids to tell me anything and everything. I want them to tell me. I want to know what they're going through in life. Share it with me. Please tell me. Please tell me what's happening in school. Parents, let me tell you, I'm not all that old, but my kids that are going through high school now, it is a different world. It is wild what they are dealing with, the conversations that are taking place. I always want them to feel safe to come and talk to me about these things. But if my son or daughter came to talk to me, and instead of just speaking normal, started using all these funny words, started talking the way that they wouldn't normally talk, started just making a conversation what it wasn't really intended to be, that would bother me. I'd be like, whoa, 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 can we just cut this out? Can we just have a conversation? If they're talking to me the way that they would maybe talk to a boss or a teacher or whatever, and there's this distance, then there's no intimacy there's no connection, and I want that connection with my children, because you know what? If they're not talking to me, they're talking to somebody else, and I don't know what someone else is telling them. I want that connection 
with my children. Your heavenly Father wants that connection with you. And when you pray, that intimacy is built. Imagine being in a relationship, someone that you're supposed to be really close with, and you might say a couple sentences to them on a Sunday morning, and you say a couple sentences to them before every meal. You wouldn't really know them all that well, would you? Your heavenly Father is looking to have conversations with you every single day. I want to read Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 8. Jesus says this, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Your Father, your Father, your Father, don't babble. You don't have to use all these big crazy words. Sometimes, and I'm not trying to say, hey, look at me, but sometimes my prayers to God are, Lord, help me right now. And that's a prayer. It doesn't have to be every time this, this big, crazy ordeal, again, with these big words that you need a thesaurus for. God, Father, help me. Help me right now. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 11, Jesus says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. Pay attention to this part right here. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Your heavenly Father wants to take care of you. Your heavenly Father wants to have conversations with you. We can build that in intimacy with him through prayer. Prayer also builds our faith. Prayer builds our faith. On a human level, how do we build trust, faith, and loyalty? Will we have faith in someone that we don't know? Can we be loyal to a stranger? We build confidence in others through repeated contact with them over time. Close and frequent communication. As we get to know them, to see them in action, to see their character, we eventually reach a point where we can have trust and faith in them and in their behavior. Should it be any different with God? The more I get to know him, the more I trust him, the more faith I have in him. If you feel like I'm really struggling in my faith and I have disbelief and I'm struggling with doubt and things like that, press in through prayer. Press in through prayer. If there's one thing that I can tell you, especially given recent events in our lives, that as I get closer to God and as I take one more step in him and he's faithful here and here and here, I know he's going to be faithful here as well. By getting to know him, by trusting him, 
my faith in him is built. I want to be in his presence. I want to be in his presence, and that happens when I pray. Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. We might want to want to do something all we want, but we're really weak individuals. How many times have you struggled with something and you're like, man, I gave in again. I've been fighting this. I've been doing well. And I gave in to temptation. Jesus says, watch and pray so that you not fall into temptation. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. And he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The next thing I want to talk about is with prayer, situations change. With prayer, situations change. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 13 through 15 says this. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague among my people. You guys know this part. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. When you pray, things happen. Situations change. You're inviting the presence of God into a situation, whether it be in your family, whether it be at work, whether it be in the marketplace. When you begin to pray, you are inviting the presence of God into that situation. And from what I read in the Bible, that when the presence of God is there, things change. Are you awake, church? Things change. People change. Situations change. Some of us have allowed things to go on in our lives too long. There are things that you are dealing with, things that you are struggling with, things that you do not like, and because we just have not taken the time to present that to God, because we just haven't committed it to prayer, that situation has been allowed to go on. God is saying, if my people humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Church, that's what we are called to do. To pray, to seek the face of God. Then situations change. Then, when his presence enters a situation, then we will marvel at what he's done. I don't know if you've ever been in this situation in life. I have. Where there's been a situation that I did not like, that I did not care for, that I did not want. And then again, I get back to like, well, I've done everything I can do. I guess I should pray. And then I pray and God shows up and boom, it changes in an instant. And I go, what was I doing all that time? What was I doing? Through prayer, 
We need to invite the presence of God into our lives and into our situations and watch them change. This is my last and final point. With prayer, healing takes place. James 5, verse 13 through 16 says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Church, God wants to heal you in every way. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. That option is there. And it is accessed through prayer. Through prayer. Again, we don't have to get used to things just being the way that they are. I've always gone through this. I'm always going to go through it. We can commit these things. I trust doctors and nurses, and I trust health, like the healthcare system, mostly. It's not that I won't go to the doctor, I won't go to the hospital if something were to happen. It's not that I trust them. But how many know that we have a healer? We have a great physician who loves us and wants to see us made whole in every way possible. Church, when we pray, healing can take place. So what does prayer accomplish? So much. Why do I need it? To draw closer to him. It builds my faith. He can change circumstances and situations, and he can heal me to the uttermost. Church, will you stand with me this morning? this is what we're going to do. I personally like a response time. I like a response time. I like where we have an opportunity to respond to what God is doing in this place and in our lives today. We have an opportunity to respond to his word this morning. So we're going to go back into a worship song. And as we do, we're going to open up these altars. The pastors and their wives will be up here to pray for anyone who needs prayer. But it'll also be open for people that just want to come down and seek the face of God on their own. That is totally okay. Here is my hope, church, that Northville Christian will be a a place of prayer, a house of prayer. And God will do what only he can do because we invite his presence into this place, because we commit these things to him, because we commit our lives to prayer. We'll be able to step back and watch the miracles and just amazing things happen. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. When I say amen, the altars are open. And then at the very end, 
Pastor Bob is going to come forward again, and he's going to close our service. But I want to encourage you in this moment, just bow your heads and close your eyes and begin to ask God right now, Lord, is my prayer life where it should be? Am I believing the way that I should be? Is my faith strong? Am I committing these things that I'm going through daily to you? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, we need you. God, I pray that you would strengthen the prayer life of every person that is in this room, every person that is watching online. Strengthen our prayer life. God, give us a hunger for your presence. Lord, I pray that you would remind us every day that we would start our day in your presence, in your word, and in prayer. God, I pray that you wouldn't be the last resort. Lord, that you would be the first one that we run to. Lord, that we would trust you with these things that we are going through in our lives, that we wouldn't trust ourselves and our own minds and what we think we can accomplish. But God, we would take it to you and we would trust you with it. God, I pray this morning for healing in this place. Physical, spiritual, emotional, the healing that we need, Lord, I pray that it would take place in this place right now. Jesus, we commit these things to you. Strengthen our faith. Give us a hunger for your presence. In Jesus' name.